Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, this is Josh and the Homebrew Hombres, Liam Malone, Max Wessel, and Doug Banks. Hey! We make RPG from scratch. It's a podcast about making and playing your own tabletop role-playing games. So come listen to us work on the Scratch Dice system, an alternative to D&D and Pathfinder, and listen to our first campaign, Echoes of the Star Crypt, at nerdyshow.com and on your favorite podcast app. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the borough of Queens, in the city of New York, this is the Epic Piecast with your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies! Gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Pie Cast, episode 66. Hail Satan. <laughs> I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And we are back once again, you loyal listener, with a heaping helping of snarky goodness in your ear holes. You must be beside yourself in disbelief. <laughs> Because these two giggly idiots are back on your phone. That is uh, correct. Or whatever device you choose to listen to your podcast. Whatever device. We're, we're, we are uh, device agnostic. We don't care. We are back and we get to issue our now bi-monthly apology for being gone last month. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I guess the 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 older we get, the busier we get, and the less downtime we have nowadays, which is good, I guess. I don't feel like I'm getting any busier. I feel like I am just losing my ability to cope with my own busyness. <laughs> I do a lot more hiding. <laughs> I'm working, but I am hiding. I am in, I am incredibly freaking isolated. Uh yeah, I think um I think my my uh partner, my lady referred to me as a lovable recluse the other day. Oh. Which uh was meant very sweetly and very lovingly, but also I I'm I'm becoming the Howard Hughes uh but not quite like the long nailed Howard Hughes, not the peeing in the bottle Howard Hughes. Sure. Yeah. Dude, you're a freaking socialite compared to me. You are <laughs> Paris Hilton circa 2003 compared to me. You are everywhere. You're showing up at tequila tastings and, and MTV's spring break weekend compared to me. 
Uh, well, look, pain is relative, my friend. <laughs> pain, pain is relative. I'm just <laughs> talking about our aversion to being in the out of doors. I'm not talking about pain. Mm, I, I hear you. I am talking but, about pain. Um, yeah. How you been? I have been not great. Oh dear. <laughs> I've been okay. I don't want to get into it. Look, I ranted at you about this before right. we started recording. Yeah, but, uh, you're having you're you're you're, ha- you're having some serious sort of li- real life uh, puzzles to sort of work around. I'm not. I have a really shitty day job, and it's just <laughs> making me really unhappy. Aww. I've had this day job for 12 years, and it's only been really bad in the past two years. Aww. But it has been for the past year. I can say that every day has been a little bit better than the day that follows it. A little bit better? Yeah. Why? why that means that every day gets worse. Do you not, ah, you're not following yes. this? Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay. It's kind of a cerebral joke. Yeah. Let me slow it down a little bit. Yeah. I- <laughs> See, you laughed at that. I made a fart noise. You thought that was funny. Now I'm a comedic genius again. Yeah. <laughs> Now I feel good. I got some validation for my skill set. And uh, so never mind all that nonsense I was going to say about my day job. That's all in the past. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm, that's really all that's the, 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 the thing that I'm complaining about here is I've got this terrible day job. They're treating me poorly and uh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Okay. So. Yeah. Eventually, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, you, you, you've, you've complained about your job in one degree or another over the years, but it, do, but it does sound like it's sort of coming to a head for you at this point. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't cry on the train home from oh, work. Jesus. Well, I mean, I don't. <laughs> but but I shouldn't either. But <laughs> well, you know, if you wanted to, I'm not going to judge you. Well, I know, and no. I, I, I wouldn't. I would be immune to that judgment. I don't no. think there's anything wrong with crying. I do it a lot. I know. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do, do you want to do some crying now? Do you want to? No, a this isn't an audition. For... I'm not trying to land a <laughs> prestige role in a Oscar big Oscar drama. Big movie. Yeah, no, no. I'm just, it's just hanging out, just imagining how bad tomorrow's gonna be. Oh no. <laughs> no, but really, it's not that bad. But it is. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I have things to look forward to. What's what's new is that mm. you know I've got these, uh, I've got shows, nonsense, sure. whatever coming up. But yeah. um, I am going back on the road with the Mount Nerdcore tour. Yeah, in, in May. yeah, I heard about this. Congratulations! That's I, why I, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> so come that's, on, that, that that's an am- you're gonna have an amazing time. Yeah, it's um the this uh it, now an annual tour with MC Lars, MC Frontalot, and Megaran, yeah. and their friend Mark. <laughs> and we 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 did a we did a uh, like a kind of east southeast stretch in the yeah. fall of 2017. We did yeah. a, we did a west coast through the Rockies and part of the uh, part of the Midwest mm-hmm. last last fall in 2018. Sure. And now it's um, in spring 2019. We're gonna yeah, I don't know, get the rest. There's gonna be some southeast and some and some more Midwest, but we'll mm-hmm. hit a lot of cities that people have. Um, uh, whined about in the comments of all of our <laughs> tour announcements. I, I noticed that you're going through Florida. Uh, I, yeah. lo- I love me some Florida. Of course. But you're not stopping in Orlando. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, you are? That's been added? It's listed as Winter Park. Ah. But it's Orlando. It. Yes, yes, that's Orlando. We're doing a show in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And West Palm Beach, too. Yeah, actually. awesome. But uh, Chicago and Minneapolis, uh, please stop telling me that we have no love for your city. 
That's not how touring works. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming there. We'll yeah. see you in May. We'll see you in May. Ohio? Dude. Dude. Columbus, you're you're like one of the few cities that's getting hit twice in these these three legs. Over Damn, three years, so. son. And there's another. Ohio, Ohio's getting it both ways. Uh, Ohio's getting it both ways. I don't know what that means, but but we're going to be making a few stops in Ohio. The, the whole point is that like I'm going to go on this this tour again, and this tour is my has been my favorite tour that I've ever done because these guys are delightful to work with and the audiences are great and they're, they're easy to travel with. And I, and I just adore them. And it's a nice reminder that I do a thing that has value that isn't going to an office full of people that hate me every day. So I'm really oh, excited. God. I'm really excited to go back on the road. Um, I'm excited for you to do this show. Cause you always come back full of like joy and hope before the the descent into the yeah. abyss of madness, I'm a uh, little bit. Over. Yeah, I, the the clock gets a little reset. Yeah, and, and I come back and I have new perspective. I'm not jaded. I enjoy everything. Yeah, I think that my cat Roger is delightful for the day. <laughs> and he starts screaming at me again nonstop. Shout out to Roger and Henry because they're looking at me. So <laughs> with their beady eyes, yeah, creeps. Um, well, good. That sounds amazing. That's all right. That sounds amazing. Um, but who really cares? Uh, I do. Well, no, that's nice. And that's, that's thoughtful that you care. Um, but when we're, when we're saying to one another, how have you been? What's been going on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my news is garbage. Oh, stop. By comparison. No. Let me ask (laughs) you. Joy is relative. I know. But I'm just trying to create a segue that, that really pumps up your thing as the headliner and mine is the opening. Okay. All right. I realize that joy is, rel- is relative. I'm yeah. just trying to show business up. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make this a, <laughs> show business up, putting a little glitter and some and a spotlight on it. By the way, I'd like to send a shout out to one of our new, uh, yeah, faithful listeners. The the 14th listener, uh, the official 14th listener of the of the Epic Podcast. This is a shout out to Emily. What up, Emily? What up, Emily? Thank you so much for listening to the Epic Podcast. Yeah. Follow-up question. Yeah. Why? Why Why, why are you listening to the Epic Podcast? I'm so confused. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give away too many details. I don't want to really, like, blow up Emily's spot here. Sure, 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 sure. But you are of a different generation than (laughs) myself and my giggly co-host, Nelson (laughs) Lugo. That's true. Yes. And I feel that we are very not in touch with what is relevant yeah. to a younger generation. I don't know what the youths are up to uh, today. I would, if, if this were a video, I would do a dab. <laughs> but I'm sure a young person would tell me that that shit is so 2014. Yeah. And that I, yeah. I already missed the boat on it. So, yeah, you know what, Emily? And you know what, you 13 other loyal listeners? Shoot, shoot us an email at epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's epicpiecast at gmail.com. And let us know why you're still listening. Well, no. <laughs> I, I was going to say asking, asking for feedback from the audience would be great. They could maybe give us some tips of how we could make ourselves... More, oh, more relevant, oh, more relevant to, to sure, the youth. Sure, sure, to to a uh, younger community. I know we right. cannot use slang, no, because we will be using slang that is also dated, six years old. Yeah, we will say something like we will refer to something on fleek, and then uh, we will never, both disintegrate never, <laughs> from our own embarrassment. I, I never got fleek. I never understood. What about shooketh? 
Are you shooketh? No. Although I have been saying wozers recently. That is not. <laughs> that is not hip slang. And it's actually pronounced wowzers. What's wrong with you? Uh, I, and also, I've been upping my jeepers uh, count. Wow. Yeah. What about em- emojis? Are you using emojis? Yeah, I do a winky every now and again. Oh, well, see, a winky, that's like, that's the, that's the old man gateway drug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been I've been using like a thumbs up and like a bat every now and again. You use like a skull. Yeah, sometimes I use a skull to say that I am dead. I'm literally dead. Oh no! In response, no. that's see, that's no. that's what that's that. I I usually pair a skull with a heart, and that means I extra love you. That's not. <laughs> oh, that works, man. <laughs> I love you to death. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. I. Yeah. All right. No, yeah. I'll give you that one. Okay. I think thank that, you. That, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's just I've got I've got friends who are much younger than me <laughs> will send me texts that and it's it's like reading a comic strip without <laughs> captions. And it's like it's like reading a, a a comic book where there's like swear words, but it's just symbols. Sure. It's like when we were kids, <laughs> we would have puzzle books, and you would have to solve a puzzle based on like. There would be a bunch of little pictures. Like it'd be a picture of a B. Yeah. Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it would like make a phrase that yeah, would end yeah, up, yeah. you know, saying, I love that. saying some nonsense. It's like that because you do have to kind of <laughs> parse use, together. Use a part of your brain where you turn visual cues into language, <laughs> uh, but it ends up saying some phrase that you don't understand because you're 44 years old. And what is, what is that generation called? I mean, they're not millennials, right? Millennials are like in their 30s now, right? Millennials are in their 20s to 30s. Yeah, okay. I believe it, it So what are the 10-year-olds now? Uh, I don't know. If you know what the <laughs> generational name well, is, on. they're not going to be... Shoot us an email because you know what email is. That's the thing. They're not going to have a name for their generation until they have like legitimate angst. Be- they have to be old enough... <laughs> To be, to be sour? They have to be old enough to have nostalgia. That's when you become a generation. Really? So I think that like the millennials, oh. I mean, there were a bunch of like, you know, children running around who were millennials, but nobody was calling them millennials until they were like 16. They can be like, oh, you dude, I used to watch this cartoon when I was three. And then they became a generation. <laughs> then they had like a point of view and they had like history. Sort of pop culture touchstone. You, you're laughing. I'm not like snarking. Like, no, I, feel like, I, no, I be- no, I, this makes sense. This when, makes we were sense. Te- yeah. when we were teenagers, nobody was calling us Gen X. No, no. It wasn't until the movie Gen X came out that we started calling ourselves well, Gen X. Well, to be fair, Billy Idol's first band was called Generation X and that's where the name came from. Uh, that was too old even for you. Yeah. Wow. So this generation has, will have a name, right. but not for like another six to eight years. Okay. Fair enough. And then, and then millennials will uh, snark on them saying, they don't understand these kids with their invisible cars and their, <laughs> their cell phones implanted in chips in their teeth. And meanwhile, we'll still be sitting out of it being like, we got left out of that whole big fight between the baby boomers and the millennials. And we'll just enjoy our twilight listening to scratched <laughs> Nirvana CDs. Uh, speaking of which I now collect uh, vinyl records. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Vinyl records will never go out of style. I'm a, I'm a vinyl record collector. Now. Excellent. Yeah. 
that's good. That, that again, I think I said two months ago that opens up a, a whole new world of gift possibilities. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is also true. Wonderful. Yes. Anyway, so I just ling- lingered on that for a long time. Uh-huh. But before I finish lingering on that, yeah. real quick, yeah, just if I could just take a second, sure. Shout out to C Muldrow, C bringing it back to the podcast. You were asking me how I'm doing. Yes, I said terribly. Yes, this is where I'm going. How are you doing? <laughs> or more specifically. What's new with you, Nelson Lugo? Um, not much. Uh, I'm working on my show uh, a little bit. Um, Your show that you already did? Well, yeah, but like I'm, I'm planning on taking it further. You know, finding a producer, finding either uh, like a like finding someone who will back it for a tour or an off Broadway run, or even cross my fingers an actual Broadway run. So um, I'm sort of like in talks with. Uh, not not like heavy talks, but very sort of light talks with producers or people in that sort of position, and mm. like just doing all of the, like the incremental baby steps that one does in the theater to get a theater piece from like concept to stage. Sure. Basically, you just stage it again, stage it again, so you can get a good video performance. Right, so. stage it again, uh, invite people to that. Also, just like reaching out to all kinds of people who might be interested in sort of thing, uh, polishing up. You know, taking the lessons I learned from the very short run and uh, polishing up the show even more, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, I'm swapping. I'm uh, uh, I, I cut a whole magic trick from it and I'm replacing it with something else. Which one did you cut? I cut the uh, 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 the drink trick. Oh, right. You told me. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm replacing it with something that I think is uh, better at the metaphor I'm shooting at shooting for. Well, that's excellent. Yeah. I have two thoughts about that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Congratulations. That's great that you are continuing to develop this and that you have your eyes on um, um, sort of a a broader life for this show beyond the run that you did in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Two, who gives a shit? (laughs) Quit your pussyfooting, cowboy. I'm going to ask you again. (sighs) No, I'm I'm delighted to hear about your your, your one man magic show that none of our listeners can watch because <laughs> very few of them live in New York. I'm going to ask you again. Yeah, yeah. What's new with you, Nelson? Oh, um. Well, I got engaged. Oh! Oh my God! Oh my! What? <laughs> breaking uh, yeah breaking here well, at the epic pie cast <laughs> breaking breaking news at the at the uh by uh by <laughs> or every two months podcast yes nelson thelonious lugo is engaged <laughs> did you say thelonious or felonious <clears throat> nelson lugo is engaged <laughs> to be married yeah to a human person. Yeah, yeah. She's very God, human. There's a lot to unpack here. I know. There's so, so much, so much to unpack here. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are regular listeners, shout out to Emily. You may recall uh, 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 meeting Nelson's fiance on the show. Right. Way back in episode 63. Yeah. When we did the yeah, uh, yeah. best friend test. Yeah. I believe that was the name of the episode. Let's take a listen to a clip. 
No, we're not. I'm, okay. not, I'm not editing a clip. But no. You could just go on the just, archive. Just and, go on the archive and listen to the show. <laughs> but her name is Lisa. Yeah. She is lovely. Yeah. She is so wonderful. She is. Way too good for you. Uh, agreed. Um, and you're engaged. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Now, listen, <laughs> I, I, I need to make this clear. Okay. I am not incredulous that you got married. All of my jokes at your expense, uh-huh. she's too good for you and you're a <laughs> middle-aged childless weirdo. It's none, of, it's, none of, it's none of that. Okay. Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's none of that. It's, yeah. it's not that like, I can't believe somebody's marrying you. It's, it's nothing like that. I can't believe somebody's marrying me. It's, I am impressed because of how many things I have heard you say about like so many jaded, cynical things that you've said about the very concept of the institution of marriage and that you have, (laughs) no, listen, that you have grown beyond that and you have recognized how incredible of a situation you have found yourself in with Lisa and you have, uh, your, your views on that have changed and you have made yourself like open and available to that again. Well, one, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, um, I was, I, I was never opposed to the idea of marriage. I still like believed in this, in marriage as a concept, right? As a as a as an expression of of love that's a bit more sort of ceremonial and public than say just sort of you know living with someone for a long time. Sure. Um, and I, I've never, in fact, I. You know my 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 previous experience with marriage, notwithstanding, I actually had a re- I really had a good time being married, mm-hmm. right right up until it was a horrible experience. Um, and so I never had anything against marriage, but I, I guess, I I would hope understandably, I had a lot of uh, fear and anxiety and um, lots of really sort of horrible connotations with me personally getting married. Sure. And that unfortunately, <laughs> which I now looking back on probably, that's probably why a lot of, a lot of these people don't speak to me anymore. Um, I, that manifested as an outward, what's the more delicate thing to say here as, as I never had anything good to say about marriage. Right. In that is public. That is why somebody like, I don't know, me, would think that that, that you had a very cynical attitude <laughs> yeah. toward it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, I yeah. I understood the nuance of it because you're my best friend. Right. And you were you were there for all of it. So, yes. Yeah. And so I knew you would eat, we would have conversations one on one and you would say like, "Yes, I I still believe in marriage. Yeah. I I still believe that marriage may be for me. I still believe in this concept of it. I just my feelings toward it are very sullied by this terrible experience I had. Yeah. That was to me. <laughs> but me being your best friend spent time with you in public. And I feel like I heard somebody say some one time like, hey, I'm getting married. The fuck would you do that for? Like, I feel like I heard I heard that that manifestation yeah. into an outward uh, smear campaign yeah. against this co- very concept. Yeah. Now, and, and that's not like of recent, like I'm holding you to like a very dark period of like, you know, 2010, 2011, perhaps. No, you, it's it's probably fair to say like up until like maybe 
2014, maybe. I mean, I remember hearing yeah. that you were like officiating weddings and being like, how? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's weird because <clears throat> I've only officiated one wedding. And, oh, I uh, thought you did more than one. No, just just the one. Oh. Um, and uh, uh, shout out to Lucas Siegel, uh, often member of the, of the, often guest of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Um, I, I, had, I was fortunate enough to officiate his wedding to his lovely bride, Liza. Um, and I had been asked several times by uh, a number of people to officiate their wedding and but what they don't know is that this was post the debacle of my life and so I kind of responded in a way that maybe wasn't unkind but not necessarily the most uh, tactful or you kind of couldn't help making it about you. Yeah. When people would talk about yeah. the marriage. Yeah. I knew that. I mean, I knew that deep down that you were always like, you're a romantic. And I knew that you, that you weren't going that like, yeah, that, that wasn't that kind of outward expression might not be a sincere representation of how you really felt about the concept as an abstract idea. Yeah. But yeah. it was, you were you were taking the concept of marriage and it was like morphing into like a sh- the shape of your ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it yeah. I I mean, I I hope I hope I didn't, you know, um hurt anybody's feelings or or I I hope I I I hope they just kind of like brush it off as Nelson being a curmudgeon and he's an asshole and that has nothing to do with us. I hope, I hope they didn't really take, I hope they didn't take what I said personally. Cause that would, that would hurt. You know, as, um, as your best friend over the years, I, have, yeah. I have, um, I have fielded a number of criticisms about you that were directed <laughs> towards me. A number of them were like, Hey, uh, your friend, uh, Lugo, he's a uh, kind of a curmudgeon. He's kind of an asshole. That might have happened a, a few times. Yeah, but yeah, that's, no, fair. Nobody, that's fair. Nobody's ever expressed to me like your friend Lugo's a real dick because he took a shit on our wedding. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't I, mean literally. No. <laughs> yeah, no Just I, the announcement. I, no, I, 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 I know what you okay. mean. I know what you mean. No, I, I don't. Mean, I don't think. I don't think you really hurt anybody's feelings with. Good. 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 Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, it's it's. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think. The the Lisa's Lisa's great. She's wonderful. She is just great. I mean, just I I'm I'm at I'm at a loss for words because because I, I feel like everything I say will be kind of like corny and sappy and cliche and stuff like that. But it it's 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 the first time I've ever felt. Well, maybe not the first time, but it's the first time in a very long long time that I have felt safe in a relationship Mm -hmm. and not, not that I've had, not that I've had unsafe relationships with people, but they just weren't, they were placeholders and I knew going in, they were placeholders. Um, you know, cause it was something to do while I got better or less broken or less sad or fill in the blank, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Lisa sees the cracks, sees, the pain sees all the hurt and she doesn't care and because she also has cracks and pains and hurts and so her support doesn't come from a place of trying to fix me it comes from a place of like i've been there 
mm-hmm. like like two worn battle worn uh war heroes sure like comparing like scars and and you know that hill they took that one time with the machine gun fire. like it's, I, it's a lovely metaphor but i love to imagine that literally <laughs> <laughs> Look, Lisa's no joke with a sword in her hand. I I've seen her fucking I saw pictures. I've seen it I've seen her fucking swing a sword and she's no fucking joke. But I love to imagine you guys having like <laughs> tender moments while you're in the early stages of your relationship and yeah. like showing off like knife wounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that far from the truth. I, you know. Um Lisa, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your particular point of view is a licensed therapist, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and someone who has like a deep history with lots of stuff that he, she has struggled with, and um, and so that's been her journey, and and so she wears all of that on the surface. None of that's hidden. <clears throat> all of that's accessible to her, and she shares it freely. And me, I mean, I've done a. I mean, I'd like to think I've, I've done a lot of work on myself, but I haven't done nowhere near as much as she has. And I just feel like this broken puppy around here all, most of the time. Um, <laughs> but she's she's still supportive. She's still nurturing. She's still... She loves you. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's really good for you. I think so. I would like to think that you're probably good for her, too. I, I would like to think so. I'd like to think I bring something to the party. I would like to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized, like, I could just say that an affirmative thing. You're good for her, too, and you bring something to the table. I didn't have to keep qualifying that with, I would like to think that. That's just nonsense language, but I realize I'm setting myself up for another great zinger at your expense, and I didn't just say it, but I talked around it, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was sudden. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this was something that she has been thinking about for a while in terms of us and the nature of our relationship and her and her want to make a more formal public declaration. And um, I don't know if I was I don't know if I was in, in a in a space where that would have been like the time and the place to do it. But. I don't like, is there ever really a right time or a right place to do these things? Like, you know, there's no guarantees in life. And so she loves me today and I love her today. And that's enough. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's fun to think about wedding plans now. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I'm still scared shitless. I'm still fucking terrified and, and still like, thinking I'm going to fuck this up any minute now and, and all of this is just going to go away. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think because the, because the potential for happiness is greater than the potential for sadness. Wow. This, it, you, I haven't <laughs> done that much work on myself. I mean, you just kind of, that's that encapsulates how much work you've done on yourself. Well, I mean, I've, yeah, I've done a lot, but there's still lots of like dark corners of my mind i know but you don't have to qualify it just (laughs) just take my acknowledgement of your growth and thank you go get married (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so now we're we're talking to caterers we're talking to venues where you know um i've i've asked you to be my best man what yeah you knew this shut up uh, I didn't want it, the audience to feel left out. I want them to feel like they were hearing it for the first time. I, real, me, oh my God, I would, I, jeez, ah, I, I don't know if it's a lot of responsibility. I would love to. Okay. 
All right. You know, I <laughs> I go to a lot of weddings. So I know a lot about the details of weddings. Sure. This means that I yeah. am responsible for throwing you a bachelor party. Uh, please don't. <laughs> you know, here's what, here's what I want. Here's what I want to Wait, do. Wait, hold on. A bachelor party can be whatever you want. No, I know. I'm I know. And so here's... I'm Vegas and fill you with... The hookers. I don't. I don't. Cocaine. I, here's the thing. I don't want to fill you with hookers. What is it? <laughs> They're like tiny hookers. <laughs> just stuff them in your ears. Or maybe that's like a type of hot dog. Like yeah. hookers all kosher hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what. Here's what I want. I think. I think you and I should sort of brainstorm a bachelor party right now, because we are two middle-aged, cranky people who hate doing things and going outside. Mm-hmm. So we should brainstorm uh, a bachelor party. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, we go get a nice meal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then we make these elaborate plans to go drinking, meet up with friends, maybe do a karaoke, maybe, I don't know, catch uh, a show somewhere. Then maybe like a nightcap. Uh, and then like maybe back to like my place or your place for like cake or dessert and maybe stay up and watch like horror movies or something um but we don't do that instead (laughs) instead we plan it and then we both cancel the last minute oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you described like my dream present (laughs) (laughs) well i mean well (laughs) it just sounds delightful i know right am i crying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I, we'll obviously talk about this some more in case you, I, I might if I find something that's like really freaking cool to do yeah yeah that's like yeah uh, here's, here's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm go on record right now okay uh, one I don't want to go to a burlesque show oh my god thank you uh, two dream of that I don't want to go to any show that has a vaudeville or variety in the title okay Okay. Um, uh, uh, no strippers. Okay. Um, and not a whole lot of booze. Great. Yeah. Throwing those a, are those are great parameters. Throw throw throwing a pie, and I am all good. Well, obviously. Yeah. All right. I'll work with that. Okay. Also, it's gonna be a real tiny bachelor party because I think it's just you, me, um, maybe Lisa's brother if I can if I can get him to ditch his kids and wife for a night. Uh, what else? That might be it. Well, I'm gonna tell you one other thing about me. Um, as your best man, sure. As as far as best man responsibilities are concerned, yeah. Uh, at your wedding, yeah. I will give a speech. Oh shit! Because that's, that's right. part. That's part of the thing. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Oh god damn it! Yeah, I've been waiting for this. God damn it! Thirteen years of this of Fuck. of this of this friendship, I have been waiting for this. God damn it! I forgot about that. Yeah. Would you care to see my first draft? No. Good. Cause no. I started. No, I would not. I don't want to. You're dead. You have a minute, and then I'm gonna play you off like the Oscars. Nope. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 start uh, turn down for what, and that'll be your cue to pass the mic. No, I will have accomplices. It's gonna be elaborate. 
<laughs> you're not kidding. You're not. You're not. You're not playing me off. No. <laughs> so anyway, just you know that that's a thing that you can look oh, forward to. God damn it! Fucking the looming doom of Schaefer's fucking wedding speech. God damn it! Yeah. All right. Anyway, but seriously and sincerely, all of my snark aside, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. congratulations! I'm very happy for you. Thank you. And if you are also happy for Nelson Lugo and you would like to send him <laughs> well wishes on his wedding, <laughs> you can do so at epicpicast at gmail dot com. But also. You should, you know, there'll there'll probably be a registry or something. You should probably send a proper gift, you cheapskate. Oh God, no, <laughs> that doesn't go for you, Emily. You're off the hook. You're off the hook, Emily. But you see, Muldrow, I expect something from you. She will say something very lovely to you. I'm sure she's Aww. she's very great. That's true. That is also true. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm scared. Um, uh, and I feel, I feel good. Good. It's it's just it's weird because happy is such a weird emotion to wear, yeah. uh, and it's because it it doesn't it's like a it's like a it's like a old suit that's been in the closet for like a number of years that I hadn't put on and I put it on and it and like it looks good but it's a little tighter on the waist and maybe the nah. the jacket bunches up a little nah. bit and you know it still fits you well. <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of which, we got to get suits. Oh, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> we got to get suits, uh, boutonnieres, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. Fuck yes. I've been wanting to wear a boutonniere for ages. I know. I know. And I got, I have some ideas. We should start brainstorming a list. We'll do it during the break. <laughs> okay. Do you want to take a break? Do you have a date yet? Um, we're shooting for October. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to be Halloween because I'm not that asshole. But it's either if it's if we don't do October, then it'll be um, uh, early spring. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um. Yes. I there's there's nothing that can follow that. That is the headline well, of our catch up. I don't know. We've got a great guest. Well, yeah, but I mean for the opening segment. Oh my God! Did you hear the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature? That's crazy. That movie's so weird and awesome. How did it even get made? How did it win an Oscar? You can't. They, that doesn't follow your your marriage announcement. <laughs> it doesn't. It's, it it's doesn't. cool, it's but it doesn't follow. Yeah, I guess not. So let's get to our guest then. Instead. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited about this. I one. am really excited. We've got a great guest. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've had. We actually on. have a guest. Yeah, and we we've had her on before. A um, returning guest. She was first on the Epic Podcast way back in episode twenty three. Yeah, which aired on July thirty first, twenty fourteen. Right, and that was an episode where you were absent because you were on tour. So it's my first time. Yeah, your first time, my second time. She's a friend of the podcast, and uh, always, always a damn pleasure to be around. Well, let's so, get to it. Yeah, let's get to it, man. Folks, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back in just a moment. Every grown-up has a story of when their parents left them alone. In that formidable time in their youth, my babysitter, a TV and phone. We were supposed to be in bed, instead we watch a new cable TV. Yes, it was that long ago, I'm not quite as young as I seem. 
based on herself We turn it back What's happening now? Some statue I think is involved somehow But the devil got her When she went to bed Threw a priest out the window And now he is dead Podcast is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. And did you know that the Nerdy Show Podcast Network is home to dozens of other programs that are also surely relevant to your nerdy interests? Well, both of these bits of information are all the way true, friends. Swing by nerdyshow.com and see what treasures await you. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, or subscribe via Spotify or Stitcher. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. At patreon.com slash nerdyshow, you can fund the entire Nerdy Show Network and unlock a plethora of amazing bonus content and early releases. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Folks, our guest on the program this month is a musician, comedian, and performance artist. Please welcome to the program, 
Killy Mockstar Dwyer. Hey! <laughs> I'm trying to clap for my own self, but my 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 arm is in a sl- like some sort of cast. So. You, have, you are you are clearly bandaged with some sort of injury. Yes. What, is the, what does the other guy look like? The, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was it was a tuffle. Um, it was an Italian restaurant situation. The table sure. was overturned. I broke up a, an Italian family from fighting with each other. Yeah. And so I feel good about myself right now. It's like I'm spreading love. You're, you're yeah. a superhero. That's I am. What the superhero does. Don't, I'm glad you... I'm glad... Yeah, that should have well, also been in the... Uh, then, you what already had it. Back him up. Uh, uh, musician. Musician. Yes. Comedian. Yes. And superhero. Avenger. And... All right. And Mockstar. <laughs> tell us about tell us about this 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 uh, this uh, job description mock star. Tell us <laughs> tell us what where did the where did mock star come from? How is that different than a rock star? Yes, well, because I, in my head yeah. you are a rock star, oh. and in my heart you're a rock star. <laughs> Well, I will say that uh, I did feel much like a rock star, but then I started. Um, <laughs> My material was quite <laughs> mockish. Uh, uh, I like to play with the themes of celebrity and superstardom and, um, you know, what Americans tend to worship. Sure. Media, sure. whatever you want to, you know, p- p- politics and um, and sort of turn it back on itself. And so it just felt like I slipped right into it like a like a nice soft pair of cotton panties you know I was just like it I said it once and it just fit and I was like mocky mocky mockumentaries um uh, mockumental is my radio show that I do I mean it just it's it's sort of my brand I mean people are like you gotta have a brand nowadays I'm like okay and like boom I mean I was already thinking brand and, and this was years ago um you guys think you need a brand do you you guys what do you think Yes. No. Um, Do any of us really know? <laughs> I don't. Th- I think. I think. I think the term brand has become like the term like nerd. It's become meaningless. Yeah. And so no one really knows what it is anymore, and they just kind of make up what they think it is. But right. Ultimately, it's you know you have to develop. Uh, well, and if that, a brand melds with the person that is yeah. branded by it, yeah. you probably shouldn't notice that it's a brand, you know? Exactly. Sure. And so I didn't, you know, if I could sell out, I would sell out. I mean, just like my number is 917-865-7617. Yeah, I said it out loud on this podcast. We're going to bleep it out. I don't care. Just keep it, keep it, keep it in. I need the phone call. I don't answer my phone anyway. Who cares? Yeah, um, yeah, you can text me and call me. People I don't know. who answer their phones when they ring are psychopaths. That is, <laughs> it is just, a, especially when it's my mom calling. I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, yeah, unrecognized numbers. Although sometimes, like, I have some on my phone, and I'm sure you guys have this too, is like, uh, you know, asshole masturbator. That's one of mine. Sure, I sure. had, I, we briefly touched on. Probably no. Cocaine mm, is in my phone. I'm like, oh, I know cocaine mm, is calling. You I know. got a phone call once from somebody who I put in my phone as Texas guy. <laughs> <laughs> did it Did it ring the bell or were you like, mm, no. I still don't know who that and is. And he didn't leave a message. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, did, did, were you tempted to call him back? I was tempted. I mean, as, as late as three months after receiving this missed yeah, you call. you were still like, like mulling it over. Yeah, I would still kind of, I would see it when I would go to my other missed calls because I never answer my phone because I'm not a psychopath. Yeah. And there it was, Texas guy. What did he want? Who is he? And if you know, if you if you're listening, Texas guy, 
well, I guess I don't know. Text, text next time. Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, e- maybe throw an email out there and then let well, us. Well, maybe know. Texas guy is like still has the phone where like butt dials are still like, <laughs> like, like a like a hard reality for him. You know, a uh, someone. Uh, my friend Lisa Levy. Do you guys know Lisa? No. She kind of is around performance artists. Um, she she did a lot. She was like live video by Lisa Levy today on Facebook, and I was like, oh, I wonder what Lisa's up to. And I like clicked on it, and she was it was in her pocket. I don't think I assume she didn't realize, or maybe she did. She's an amazing <laughs> performance artist, but she was live broadcasting to Facebook her pocket and her going. Uh, Phil, do you know where my keys are? And like this was like a whole like that's either like mundane conversation, the most genius thing ever. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I I still don't know if it was like a real thing. Like I don't know. (laughs) And that for me, um, if I can do anything uh, with an audience, is like for them to kind of never quite know if I'm being serious or if I'm, uh, you know, joking or if I'm leading them down the path of seriousness to some kind of joke sure, or like, sure, like sure. Uh, keeping them on their toes I would I would think is the best way to put it you, you right. mentioned right before we started recording your involvement in a in an Andy Kaufman yes. um, tribute project yes. and that's very I mean, exciting that's, that is the I, that's the very philosophy of Andy Kaufman's work that I loved so much. Yes. Um, and I also... Riding that edge of, yeah, kinda, you know... Is, is this really Is happening? he an asshole? Or is he... You know, I mean, yeah. people have often said, yeah, is she is an asshole? Or, or what is... Actually, what, could you could you tell us what the, the Andy Kaufman project... Yes, it's called Kaufmania. Um, they've just finished the film. Uh, but their piece with me was about four years ago, uh, which was, I think, just after the time that I had been the second time a final uh, a runner-up finalist in the Andy Kaufman Awards uh, which are no longer RIP uh, Andy Kaufman Awards I know aw, darn. I think the family was just like we're over it um, <laughs> they were super supportive and continued to kind of carry on Andy's legacy through this award sure and so it would it would just bring out the weirdos oh sure you yeah, know yeah. including myself I was like we um, and uh, so this guy named Kevin, he decided that he was going to make this sort of uh, tribute video, but with the family's permission and with the family and with everybody surrounding Andy's life, basically having them in it, but also doing all these like Kaufman-esque stunts and mm. um, realistic, but not sure if it's real uh, little moments. Mm-hmm. So it, it I, I would call it somewhat of a mockumentary, but also it, it it's a documentary. It's um it's sketch. It's um it it does ride that little lovely fine line of Andy's legacy. That is, do we know what's going on or do we not? Um, <laughs> and why do we need to? Why do we always have to put a label on the things that we see? Can't we just make? Can't it just cause a feeling or create a uh, you know sort of emotion in us or? Um, a room, a connection in the room or a connection in the, you know, in this case, uh, hopefully with the people that see it. Um, I think it'll be coming out soon. They want me to tour with the, um, with the actual movie itself oh, awesome. and maybe perform before it to sort of like lubricate yeah, is sure. a good way to put like yeah. this, get yeah. that fist in that <laughs> asshole you know the, the, um, the warm up act for a if movie if I may say asshole I yeah. hope that's okay um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes cursing I believe is probably um, our 12 listeners are not yeah <laughs> Uh, it's thirteen. They're four, not it's fourteen. Violence. My parents are going to listen. So Aww. come on, two come more on. listeners. Mom and Dad, I'm talking about fisting and lubrication. Do you love it? Um, 
Yeah, and just like it's just weird because <clears throat> the 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 first year that I was a, a semifinalist, and um, that was the year that his. Uh, and I'm quoting because this is you know you can't see me. I see very but his, obvious. His quotes, yes. Andy's daughter showed showed up, and uh, or whatever she was, and it created quite a stir. Oh. And so my name, and then I made this big long post on Facebook, and I was like, oh, Andy, you know, his daughter showed up, and you know, was it his daughter? Was it not? I mean, we don't really know. And oh, I, and it was this long post, and then it got shared to like about a thousand oh dear r- r- sites, and oh, no. I got. Like if you still to this day, if you Google me and Andy Kaufman, like they somehow mingle with each other on the internet, <laughs> and I'm like years later, and I I can't escape it. It will never let me go. He follows me around. He's like a ghost. Um, but I mean, is that the worst thing to happen? No, to me? absolutely not. I think that that's feel like like I, a yeah. fine can find a uh, fine ghost to have in your life. Absolutely, you know? that is a that is a badge of honor that I <laughs> covet. <laughs> Shamelessly, I... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty pretty proud of. It. I'm not gonna lie, um, but it does kind of make people be like, "Well, can we take you seriously?" I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, was, uh, like, who cares? Was, like uh, in those in those uh, Andy Kaufman awards, was um, Extreme Elvis ever involved in any of that scene? Extreme Elvis, if if Extreme Elvis was, um, I wasn't aware. Okay, at that time. I, I'm sorry. Can you please explain what Extreme Elvis is for the, yeah. for the 12 people who don't know? Who yes, <laughs> please bring uh, us in. So 100 years ago, when I lived in San Francisco, 100. I played drums in this. You look amazing. In this, in this, thank you so much. <laughs> I played drums in this extreme noise band, and we we oh. played with all these other kind of like noisy chaos, chaotic art bands. And there was this, this act called Extreme Elvis who played. He had he was an Elvis impersonator. Um, he wasn't very good. His, and he had a, a full backup band, like a horn section. Wow. He would come out and just within seconds, he would be naked and he would be like pissing in pint glasses and uh, drinking it. Oh, dear. Uh, and he, like, he would have like fake beer bottles. He like, just smash his drummer over the head with it. And I was at one everywhere. Show. People were like <laughs> calling the cops because uh, you never really could tell. And I, I appreciated the Andy Kaufman-esque. Uh, quality of it, but sure. I it also seemed really kind of dangerous and mean spirited a lot. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, and I think that <clears throat> that also calls to what Andy did. I mean, I there's parts that I love about that kind of idea of humor, um, but I also think it can get mean spirited and it can um, play on people's like deep fears. Yeah. Um, it can play on people's, uh, especially in a, a society that we're trying to be more open and uh, listening to, um, you know, people who might not have uh, have a voice or have uh, been feeling taken advantage of or any of those things. We're much more sensitive to those things. You know? So I think I'm not saying the Andy Kaufman's of the world have to go away. I think it's just we have to back up a little bit and see, you know, what are we doing? How are we taking advantage of people and their sensibilities and what they believe is true? And the truth, as we all know, is kind of, um, apparently not the truth anymore. Like, (laughs) it's like our president, Donald Trump is, um, Andy Kaufman of the of our country. I mean, we're like it's like become like we don't know what's a lie or or, or the facts any, anymore, and yeah. it's almost too real to not under not know what's going on. 
whereas it was playful then in a sense yeah, yeah i guess i guess it's so much more important now that that context is understood mm-hmm. in, in order yes. to play in that space because once once people understand the context you can do anything you want sure but if 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 there needs to be a safety thing happening yeah, exactly like there needs to be a safety word like yeah. you know and the whole audience has to be able to like watermelon watermelon you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. um oh my god yeah this doesn't feel safe you know like and i have some <laughs> of that in my show uh now in the frigid festival is like you know i've definitely uh thought a lot about what it means to make people um feel included in audience participation because that's a huge part of what i do sure but also i don't want um I, like in the past, I've I, uh, people have taken advantage of that, yeah, and not only taken advantage of, but made other people feel unsafe, made me feel unsafe. Wow. And at the time, it was still like kind of edgy and cool. And I was like, oh, I used to have this uh, character called Fuck, and she would come on stage, <laughs> and her her whole act was like she's fuck, and her world tour was called Fuck, and her album is called Fuck, and her hate her hit song was called Fuck, and then I'd bring up. I'd pick two random people from the audience and I had these, um, basically there were sex playing cards uh-huh. and I would, I would say my backup dancers are not here this tonight because they were put in jail yesterday. So you're going to have to be my backup dancers. And I would, I would say, I would start the song and I would hand them the cards, which were like sexual different, positions. Different positions. And that was their backup dance. Got now, it. I don't think I could get away with that now. Yeah. Like, it would, it's a different time. Yeah. And, but man, did it sail. It sometimes, sometimes that man, that was just, and sometimes it was magical. And sometimes it was, it was, I got yelled at, uh, it was at the pit and I did it. And, you know, the pit, it's a little more of a institution kind of sure. comedy. And, uh, you know, I got yelled at by an audience member. You used the audience to make yourself feel funny. And I was like, oh, well. And I was like, do I? I, was like, I, was like, I cried like all the way home. I was like, oh, no. I retired the act. Um, I think that that, that 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 act that you're describing is a great example of how where there's that line between where something can can be fun and and exciting and enrich the performance but it could also yeah horribly backfire because you could you could either end up with you get an audience member who says to hell with it i'm gonna go with this yeah. and then the audience is all in on it yeah. enjoying laughing along with them enjoying the experience like doing sex positions with someone they don't know that i also brought up and they're just right. and you know and they're being reamed and <laughs> but you could also end up with somebody who's incredibly awkward and comfortable and then they feel this obligation to carry on this performance and then they become and- the butt of the joke and that and that's not what I and that's when no. it, so that's when it worried and luckily for the most part when i would do this character or this act or whatever um i, I generally i knew yeah. the people in the room so i knew kind of who to pick and you know i knew they knew each other i knew they'd be into it um you know i think the pit was the where the experience kind of went wrong is because i didn't know and i right. wasn't sure and they felt uh even though I will say uh, what they felt was, um, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to accuse, <laughs> I don't want to accuse anyone, but they nobody were nobody listens to this show. Nobody they were homo. Felt... They were against um, homosexuality, oh, okay. and because right. they they felt uncomfortable because it was two men, and you know, one was like totally into it and loved it, you know, and you thought it was hilarious, and the other guy was like, you made me, you know, do all this stuff that I was uncomfortable doing, and I was like, I didn't, wasn't trying to, you know, uh, but it did. 
and I think comedy in that way needs to change and needs to continually evolve. And I hope that's what we're doing. I mean, like we're not like we're we're not doing the comedy of seventy years ago. I mean, oh god, no. well then we would we would just replay of you know video of of something from seventy years ago. We're yeah. we're trying to constantly evolve and and, and uh, bring people in and uh, make them feel. Uh, connected and in tune with what we're doing and not afraid but more emboldened really yeah. i think you know there's this endless conversation that i i, w- I wish i could say is it is something that's recently been thrown around but it's been at least 20 years absolutely especially through this open mic culture oh, where yeah. uh <laughs> comedians <Open> <laughs> yeah oh, like, we've, oh, we've we've definitely all done our time yeah. in the trenches of 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 terrible Amen tinder jokes and um but 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 this conversation was constantly where a comedian is gets challenged on. I'm just gonna say on his material because mm-hmm. it's 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 always a guy, always a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then responds with this this defensive this defensive notion and this de- this this declaration of what comedy is. It's not edgy or, or, or you can't take the edge out of it right. because of people's feelings and blah blah blah. And I, I feel is mostly a defense for having crappy material. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the truth of it is, I think my husband said it, um, you can't babysit people's emotions uh, and how they're going to be affected, but you can babysit, um, you can be a, a smart babysitter and know who your children are. Sure, that's you know, great. And know yeah. who your audience is and know, um, you know, how to make, what does a babysitter do? They make the children feel safe. Their parents aren't at home. You know, they're, they're giving them probably fun, interesting, crazy things to do. They don't, they're building tents and forts in the house. And, you know, it's like a new experience. So you, do you want to be the babysitter that never gets hired again or seen in the world sure. and makes everyone feel uncomfortable? Or do you want to be the one that is nurturing, loving, uh, but still, you know, gets to, um, I think there's an inviting there's an inviting thing about having to not censor yourself but find a way around. Absolutely. And I feel as, and that's the thing that that always makes me want to scream at these Facebook posts from from male comics all the time mm-hmm. is say like you have been handed a challenge. Yeah. All we're just saying is just don't be a dick. Be smart. And be smarter about your but material. But the problem this is, is so challenge. many comedians are fucking dumb ass pieces of I shit. Know. I know. Mean, yeah. Let's be they, honest. They, they want to yeah. talk about their shitty Tinder dates. And yeah, talk they want to talk about they their love, dicks. Oh, they, they want to find the best rape joke they can do. They, the best one. They want to, they want to trot out like old like <laughs> racial stereotypes uh, in, in bad voices and stuff. And and then they, they want to be, they want a pass for it because they're, they're presenting all of these, these like problematic ideas under this what they think is this impenetrable shield of comedy. Right. But and it's not. It, it, it's, you, there's no impenetrable, com- impenetrable shield. Comedy is hard. And there's no it's, condom it's, for comedy. The best comedy is done by smart people. I, well, here's a challenge to make you smarter. Yeah. yeah. Try, I, to a, make me And la- that's the open mic culture right there, though, is that you're getting a lot of dumb asses in there that want to try. And, hey, you know what? I'm all for all voices being heard. Art is not something that we're, uh, you know, we're not being... Um, we're not saying the Philistines can't be funny too. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know, you have to think. You can say it, but you're. It's going to follow you around for the rest of your life. It didn't used to be that way before video, audio mm. situations mm. always were happening. Yeah, in you could be a, a shitty comedian for years before you start getting was. good. I was like the shittiest yeah. comedian for and a then, long time. And none of that history will follow you so yeah. that you could make all of those mistakes. 
unfortunately, we just don't live in that world anymore. Mm, no. So, I fortunately. Or fortunately. Well, fortunately. Yeah, or fortunately. Well, it's, it's taking it's, the game to the next level, and yeah. a lot of people aren't aren't <laughs> able to press I don't. I was going to use a game reference because I know you guys are into games. It's like L one four, and not realizing that that actually makes you jump into the pit of fire. Yeah. Is that? Was that? Does that? That's uh, not really close I, enough. Okay. Close enough. Close enough. God damn it! I, uh, I'm trying though. You, you see what I'm? I'm trying to connect to the nerd audience. You know? Oh dear! Stop. We're, we're trying. To. We're trying to connect to the nerd audience. We I'm used to talk it. about video games. This this show. We don't the care. Past two years has been about depression. So it's. <laughs> Oh my god! I, we get well. Fuck yeah! Let's uh, do. We, do we have an hour and a half? Uh, like, <laughs> now look, I know. I, I, you, you've actually you've been you've been at the game for for quite a while. I've known you for quite some time. Yes. Shaper's known you for longer than me. Um, I, think um, you've, I, I don't know. I think you guys have probably known each other longer. Well, I I think we knew each other around the same time, but I didn't get to play with Schaefer. And I've only done one show with you. I think so. It was at that VFW hall in oh, Queens. That was so bizarre. Oh, God. And that I, sounds like a weird I was gig. just in one of those moods, too. And it just <laughs> wasn't fitting for me. <laughs> and I just like was like, eh. but then fucking Schaefer comes in. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and the, like, you can't see me. And I'm like, uh, I'm doing this amazing dance. And the lights are going on and off. And I have my gloves, my fingerless gloves on. And, um, and everybody is just so into it. But like, I just kind of wasn't there at the time and I, I just like oh I go back I want to go back to that moment um because those moments in those places where you're not in a comedy show or people aren't knowing what to expect those are the ones that you can really turn people on and you know make them think yeah. and yeah. and change their minds they're not they're caught off guard so so all of their defenses are kind of down you know like and they're just sort of like so surprised by what's happening that there's this openness that happens i think and you know that for that for me that show i was like and for you you rode that so perfect <laughs> and honestly rode you rode it hard oh. 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 and to this amazing uh, moment for everyone and i i mean i was just blown away i mean of course i know your work but i was like and i play your stuff on my show my comedy oh. music show always yes um so well, I was. If we're gonna trade these back and forth, I was. I was blown away by by your performance that night because you did that song about how um, there's no roles for women in Hollywood. Uh, which one was it? Ben Kingsley, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, so you list a bunch of 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 famous no actors. One, no one respects a slave unless he's played by Ben King or uh, Morgan Freeman. No one respects a Nazi unless he's played by Ray Fiennes. You know, and I still think, <laughs> luckily, I'm I'm lucky to say, and I hope. There's a couple of my songs that are like, can't do them anymore, but it's weird what I can still do because the, the, the thought process of people hasn't changed. Like my, my song about turning people gay, I'm like, that should have been retired fucking 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe I can still do it. Like, it's insanity that this song still resonates because it's obviously a satirical song about you can't obviously turn someone gay. Right. Um, and... I was like, I, I can't believe I'm still doing it. I mean, I'm lucky because it's my Eleanor Rigby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to retire that shit. You know what? <laughs> I'm like a little bit still like stunned that I'm like, it's on my set list tonight. Like, I'm going to do that. And usually I crowd surf at, at the end of it, yeah. which I think is an important part because I let people, you know, 
hold me and touch me and uh, lift me up. And, you know, I'm very trusting of my audiences. That's the other thing I think is important about the work I do is that my audience, I fully believe in and trust. And I trust fall into the audience at the end with the echo of the looping going on in the Mm -hmm. background. Um, And they will... I've, j- I've literally had six people at a show and I was like, you will get up now and you will let me crowd serve. And they're they like, do it, don't they? they do. And I'll just stand there until they do. And uh, But I'm kind and I'm like kind and then I'm harsh and then I bring and I'm like, you too, come on, you with the cane, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And they finally will get up and then I'll just gingerly lay myself <laughs> down and they'll like kind of like hold me. And then I'm like, you can put me down now. And like, it's literally like I lay down it's not really a crowd surf, but then they put me right back up on the stage and I finish the song. And that is just what I believe you should have with an audience. If you're a great performer, you should be able to trust your audience as much as they trust you, you yeah. know? And it's yeah. it's always such a emotional and unique and exciting way to, to end a show, especially. That, that's a, Yeah, that is a... Especially when there's yeah. only six people there. That's yeah. a, a, a beautiful visual representation of that relationship it with, really with is. the audience. That's amazing. It really is. That's, you, a, that's actually not uncommon about how I view audiences. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, you have such contempt for audiences. No, 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 no. I have, I have. So con- do I. No, 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 let's not get it wrong. I have, I have I, contempt for burlesque audiences. Um, uh, yeah. People yeah. who come to see like my solo work, like maybe, maybe trust is probably too strong a word, but mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a level of empathy and concern for them. Yes. About their comfort, their safety, their uh, willingness to come along on the journey mm-hmm. and how I can tease that out of them, like like create a space mm-hmm. that will allow them to drop their guard just enough to let me in. To open their yeah. souls, their minds, yeah, exactly. their spirits. Yeah. You know, their um, mouths, maybe. I don't maybe. Know. <laughs> you know, who knows? Their, but, their arms in a cross fashion sure. so yes. that you may lie across them. Uh, yes. It is uh, But magical. yeah, it's like I have I have learned to find a way to love my audiences in a way that is more nurturing than Mm. needy. I am interested though to talk about and, and I have, um, uh, a respect for the burlesque scene. And Mm. because especially when I tour outside the city, the burlesque scene is what I'm like allowed to perform at because they're like, we get what we kind of understand (laughs) what you're doing. And I'm like, "Um, or or you'll fit in because we need a music act. You know, (laughs) we we need something weird to go on right now. You know, we can't have everyone take off their clothes. And I'm like, I'll take off my clothes. I mean, I don't care. (laughs) I don't think anyone wants to see it, but you know, Um, yeah. So, but I do understand that the burlesque audiences can be there's a, there's a, I don't know what it is. Um, I can't define it. What is the def- definition? I, what do you think You it know is? what, I think it's, uh, I don't think you have as much contempt for burlesque audiences as you have contempt for the burlesque scene. Mm. You know, I think, I, yes, I think there's. And that's why we have 12 people listening. Yes. <laughs> and I think, well, I think it's, look, I, I have, I have a love-hate relationship. I, and I think it's New York burlesque specifically. Mm. And, I, and I have yeah. a profound love-hate relationship. Yeah. San Francisco love, can be a little bit like that too. Yeah. I mean, I love it in the sense that <clears throat> it's where, it's where I, I started walking the boards. You know what I mean? It's yeah. where I cut my teeth. It's where I started honing yeah. my craft. And because of that sort of trial a, by fire. Do you, do you have a fourth one? You said like... Uh, but you just seem... Adages for the You just thing. seem like the perfect 
you know, like I said, you, they need us. They need a something else where someone's not taking off their clothes. They really, oh, yeah. they always do. You just seem like that perfect act to me. You well, know, because well, because that's not that's not by accident. It's because of like doing like ten years of audiences don't give a fuck about me. Yeah, and so and so I had to figure out real fast how to make audiences give a fuck about what me and what I'm doing, mm-hmm. other than just the interrupting moment between naked ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so as a result of that, I've. It's taught me to be a better performer. It's taught me to be more um, judicious and expedient. Mm-hmm. Like, get to the fucking point, yeah. basically. Well, know your audience um, is just, like, number one. Exactly. Just know your audience, know your audience. man. Um, and and, and that, be able to adapt. Oh, absolutely. Adaptation is, like, our dream. And that skill's become indispensable in, in the sort of solo show work that I've been doing. Yes. Where I get to slow down, and it's Isn't not... Isn't it a wonderful thing? Yeah, but that sense of urgency still needs to be there. That sense of... Like it has to be told now, mm-hmm. but you know I'm gonna get you there. But you know let's let's, well, do let's this. enjoy the ride. Yeah. There's a little more of a instead of a um ro- not it's not a it's still probably a roller coaster, but it's less of the twirly twirly thing that makes you want to throw up. Yeah, and more of the it's the lazy river. It's the lazy river. <laughs> not the tilt the world. Lazy seems like a it's the poor. lazy river, not the tilt the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the log run. Or the log. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the lazy river is. I don't know that oh, you're reference. Really oh, come on. Yeah. It's all right. Every, we're going to Six Flags yeah. next year. It's at every I, water park. I, and basically what you do is you oh, sit in an inner tube and float. And you just float. Oh, okay. Very slowly. And there's lots of little things like to see. and Plants. And you like, yeah. And like. Dioramas. Yeah. It's like dioramas. I, I don't believe I've ever been to a water park. Oh, well, you have to go. Dude, I've been to, I've been to lots of We simply have to go parks, together. But in I've fact, just never been to a water park. That is where this, oh. we'll, we'll do a part, we're going to do a part two of this. Yeah. And, and we're going to go <laughs> and spend the day at the water park and come back. And then just do a. Like sunburn. We could do a location. Uh, oh, we could. A location show, actually. I would love park. it. We could just do it and do a cell phone. Yes. Thing, like, we're at the, we're at the <laughs> Six Flags water we've park. Done, we've done that. I we've literally com- done that. I'm completely on board for this Yes. Plan, by the way. All right. I think well, that's wonderful. I'm putting it in my calendar right um, now. Hold on. Really just Kelly, it just occurred to me. We, we've been talking for God, like a half hour at this point. I don't think you actually explained what it is you actually do. I don't even know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was thinking, when, now, so when you said Kelly, come on, you need to come over and talk about your process. I was like, <laughs> I was like, my process. I mean, like, I'm like, I basically have a breakdown, <laughs> and then I try to act it out throughout pieces, and then I hope someone will come see it. Okay, so I guess would you would you would a musician be an accurate description? Absolutely, yes. Okay. I mean, here's the thing about me being a musician. I um not a great guitar player, not a, <laughs> not the best singer, although I did study opera in college. Oh. Um well, that's new information. They were like, "You're not an opera singer." Um I was like, "Okay, bye." Um you know, I I am very I'm adequate or okay at a lot of things. And I am great at none. Um, the only thing that I think I'm maybe great at is that uh, is um, entertainment as a whole. Like right. as, as like a, as an entertainer, I know that when people come to see me, no matter what happens, whether everything goes terribly wrong, or everything goes perfectly right, or whatever, have I know my ability to adapt is 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 my thing right, you know right, and right, right. Uh, improv is a huge part of my past um i came to the city and immediately jumped into improv um 
pretty much within like two to three years I had been here. Um, it was extremely accepting and loving of me. This is when I got, this is back when we got paid to do improv. What? I know. I know. It was that long ago. <laughs> Holy shit. UCB wasn't even barely a thing. Like the pit didn't exist. Like not, none of this happened. None of this was going on. And I was doing the show called Joey and Mary's Irish Italian Comedy Wedding. Oh my God. Which was I remember like, that. Yeah. And it was like, I just basically got to show up and we toured all over like Long Island up into upstate New York and into New Jersey and we would show up and they and they paid me well um, and I got to just totally immerse myself not only in a character but in this environment that where people celebrate it's a wedding you know Uh, and yes like obviously there's all these dramatic moments that are planned but for the most part like i would spend 20 minutes of the show in the bathroom like and and people would come in and i'd be like "Eh." and i was an irish character i do a terrible irish accent so i'm just gonna put that over i'm like don't you know this is crazy <laughs> I mean, what were they doing here? Um, you know, I'd just like, and I'd be like laying on the floor under a table, and someone would find me, and I'd be like, oh, God, you know, I mean, it would just. This was interactive theater before interactive theater became. Really? Its own genre. I could do whatever I wanted, and they were like, we'll pay you heartily, and also we'll let you drink. They let us drink through the whole show. What? Free drinking. They paid us pretty well, I'm not going to lie, for especially at the time, it was like $75 a show, I think. Wow. And uh, and and tra- travel expenses, and costume whatever we needed. Um, and I just had a fucking blast just playing it. Like two of my best friends that I have now, I met in that scene, and and it just gave me this courage. And I think the courage we could all agree, all three of us are incredibly courageous artists. I mean. Are you going to try to tell me right now that you're not create or cur- courageous? Are you really going to try to tell me? Well, After I mean, you did a look, show. No, I, 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 hear, I disagree. Look, I, I, already I hear you, but. <laughs> do you? Do you look? Um, uh, I, I wouldn't categorize myself as a courageous performer, but. Why not? Um, because everything I do is curated within an inch of, of my life. Like as much as, as much as like raw vulnerability freak? that I present on stage, mm-hmm. there is a literal iceberg underneath the surface that I'm not telling on purpose. Yeah. yeah so, but you still, that part that you heavily curate, yeah. you still make yourself vulnerable in, the, vulnerable in that material and you still present in front of an audience. Acting. <gasps> I know. And isn't that, isn't that the real key to what we do? Right. Like, people are like, in, you know, if you really want to break it down, yes, we can go mock star and I can brand it all the way around, but... Uh-huh. What I really do is I'm, I act like whatever it is that yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. I act like a, a musician. I act like a, a performance artist. I act like a um, comedian. I act, yeah. I, I, I find the role. I, I, I mimic certain things. I, um, I don't, I wouldn't say a steal, but I, I do borrow from the best. You know, I try to uh, honor and, um, yeah, honor the the things that in the people and the places that I've been. Um, it it means a lot to me to be able to create something that sort of borrows from every genre. Yeah. If I can, if I can find a way to fit in my literally my new show, my frigid show has it has puppetry, <laughs> which I I never did before. But my cousin is a puppet maker, so I was like, make me two puppets, and I'll. 
I want to figure out how to do this. I have these ideas anyway. So uh, he made the puppets for the show. Um, I wrote like seven new songs. I, um, you know, connectivity in the storytelling of it. Um, uh, I wouldn't say there's dance, but there is a uh, moment with a <laughs> a parachute. like i literally went on amazon and bought a parachute i I love you and we and we created this whole idea of this parachute moment because the safety of being covered you know by something yeah uh you can do that with a blanket and you can do that you know um with one person or two people in the audience but i'm like how do we cover everyone and hide from the monsters that's like one of the themes and i'm like you can only do that with like a fucking parachute. <laughs> do you guys remember that great time when you had in grade school? Oh where, my God, I so do. Oh you? my God, Were I you fucking love the parachute. Who doesn't love that moment? So I literally bought that parachute and I was like, this is, and then it goes into this very dark um, poem, like, which is another thing that I don't consider myself, but I was like, I need to write this dark poem about um, how we are made of bugs, like literally made of bugs and germs, and we're more germs than we are genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, we are more things that are not us than we are us, you know? Right, 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 right. A team of things making us. Yeah. And um, the city that never, never sleeps is involved in that. And anyway, it all comes together only really because I'm we're all under this giant parachute <laughs> and it's really only a five minute maybe four to five minute segment and i'm like i will pay for that parachute and we will do this and it will be amazing <laughs> and everyone's just so so thrown off by it especially because i was in my apartment for the first show right um yeah. uh, the show is actually in a theater and now currently <laughs> we now have a theater uh, but you know i wanted to explore like that's what happens when i do a show it's like I want to come at storytelling from every angle. I don't want to. I love. I love proper storytelling. I honor that. And I. And you're the same way. I mean, you come mm. at it from a different point with magic. You know, mm. it's like yes. You know, <laughs> quit shrugging. Quit doing the shrug and the. Hmm. Um, I know. I see. Um, and you know, it's like there's a thousand ways to tell a story. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't have to say, and I remember when I was writing it out in my little notepad when I was really into, you know, de- developing it in my head, I wrote out all these ways to tell a story and I was like, I'm going to u- try to use as many of these as I can. Mm. And that's where the, you know, people are like, well, it needs to make sense. <laughs> it needs to have an arc. Oh, it geez. needs to have a beginning, a middle and an end. I'm like, not if it's a bad dream. It doesn't. Oh. Uh, I'm doing a show about sleep. <laughs> It's called Sleep Depraved. I'm literally doing a show about sleeping. And so I don't need to make any sense. No. Really? I just, I don't need to have connectivity. I will. I'll try. I'll do my best. But the connectivity is that we're all in this bad dream together. Yeah. And that that's what makes sense. That's the only thing that can make sense. Well, that's that's the point. You're, you're trying to recreate something that is unconscious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that you try to make sense of, you know, how many times have you woke up from a dream and you're like, well, I remember there was a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there were bugs. <laughs> there was a song uh, with an alarm clock puppet. Sure. And uh, I don't want to say how it ends. I almost just said because. It's, don't do it. Spoilers. It's, it's quite a dark ending. I, I'm quite, you know, for the most part my shows in the past i've done this is my sixth solo show wow uh 
And I would say for the most part, my shows tend to end in a like happy ending kind of Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, my director, Lindsay Hope Perlman, um, you know, was like, I see you wanting to end this darkly. I see you wanting to take a a different road. And I, I feel that that could, could make, you know, the big difference in this being a step, you know, in a new direction for you. Mm. And so at first I I was very defensive and I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want people to leave like feeling like sad, you know, like that would make me like, I don't want That's not the kind of theater I really want to do. It's just, are, are you sure? Because everything about the show uh is a both it's it's um it is high highs it is low lows and what i do understand about what my work is that i talk about death so much and i don't realize it until i'm done with the show and then i'm like ah another show about death (laughs) (laughs) like i don't how did i i don't need i wasn't even trying to do a show i was it's about sleep and then I realized, and I'm like, no, it's about death. And I'm obsessed with death. And so in you, I, th- you have themes, we have I, similar themes. I have of late become quite fascinated oh. with all things surrounding death, yes. Mm-hmm. Of late. Of late. <laughs> you just put it on stage of late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, that any show, people are like, oh, um, your tickets are $15. Uh I I'm not really sure. Like I mean, it's like a it's an hour show, and I'm like, and and you know, I'm sure you worked on you rehearsed, and I'm like, I've been working on this show since I fucking was born, <laughs> and now you're getting to see it. So fifteen dollars is a goddamn bargain basement price for Fuck what you're yeah, gonna see. Because I literally had to live the life, look back at it, and go pluck pluck pluck. Uh, it, it's the stuff that the stuff that kills me is the stuff I had to leave out yeah. you know and like that I'm like <laughs> where, yeah. where will that no, go again you know? hard to relate mm-hmm. absolutely and, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about the solo show now yeah so let's talk about um, you see how I did that I, I know like, it's, it's right almost now. like you know what you're doing <laughs> seems like you might be in showbiz oh, um, uh, uh, but I, I do want to talk about your show I talk about where it is where they can see it yes. and all that good stuff but I just I just want to take a moment to say uh, how proud I am to know you as both a friend and an artist because um, I don't think I ever told you this because I think uh, the, the, the one night we went drinking and I will never go drinking with you again because I almost died um, <laughs> I, I didn't re- really out drink pretty much anybody yeah, it's really kind yeah, of and it wasn't thing. even like a contest you were like let's drink and I'm like oh shit okay <laughs> Um, and I probably bought everyone drinks. You did, but you did buy around absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for uh, an opening act for my for my for my previous solo show, uh, Gathering Magic. Incredibly honored to even be that flabbergasts asked. me because I put out the general call. Yeah, and you gave me an enthusiastic. I would love to be a part of this. Absolutely. And then I went like, uh, "You're uh, Kelly Dwyer. You don't fucking open for any." body i i don't understand like i'm looking around we for like are. the candid cameras i'm looking for like <laughs> i'm like is she fucking punking me is wow. that what she's doing um you guys it, are giving me oh my god it made me it made me really excited and nervous to okay. know that you a thought well enough of me to do that and b i think you're amazing you killed Every night. Well, let's rewind. Uh, no, no, no. Let's rewind. 
for just one second because you did have a reviewer come the first time I opened. That reviewer you. also hates magic. Yeah, but he was, he was pretty into you. <laughs> okay, not into enough, but <laughs> but he was like opening opening act, not so much. And I think we were both kind of like, oh shit. And I was like. <laughs> I was like, damn. I'm like, Wah. I'm like, whatever. Reviews. What, you know, what are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. I mean, what I do is sort of hard to like even like. Pinpoint. I, I think, I think he missed the point. I, as I say of every reviewer yeah. who does not understand me. <laughs> but then the second t- second night with yeah. another, uh, yeah. they were like, oh, rave reviews for all for both yeah. of us. And yeah, we're like, yeah. yay! And we're like, woo! And I thought it was a very smart move for you to do that. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought about that for this show. I was like, what can I do? Can I bring an opening act? I, I didn't have enough time it, mm. because it's a festival. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. festival timing is... It's like is, hard in, hard is out. Yeah. Like, it's like, late entries? No. Um, oh yeah! Like literally, if you come at seven eleven, because I have a show at seven ten, they're like, "Sorry, you can't get in." I'm like, "What?" Uh, but I get it, especially this year because the opening part of my show is incredibly, um, you know, uh, in, not indicative. What's the word? Um, it shines a light on the what the rest of the show means to ah, me, and okay. and it it creates the whole balance of the show and gives you an idea of maybe where it's going yeah so anyone who wanders in late is going to be like what the fuck i mean anyone who wanders in any way is going to be like <laughs> <laughs> so uh so what's the, a lot of what the fuck's going what's on what's the show about tell me give me give me your elevator pitch what's the what's the show elevator about? pitch and i actually was like i was driving over here and i was like you know what i bet he's gonna ask me for like a synopsis <laughs> and i won't even know what to say um i think it is you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a bad dream. Uh-huh. Um, and you know how bad dreams have light and funny moments that stick out that sure. are like, oh, and and then he was there and he had octopus arms or whatever. <laughs> you know, I think it's a it's like a ride through a bad dream. Um, and it sort of encapsulates all these, um pretty horrific moments that I've had not only with uh, sleep Mm. but because I'm bipolar uh, being bipolar the main symptom of being bipolar for me it doesn't Mm. it doesn't resonate with everyone but was major issues with sleeping right so I was having all these not not only hallucinations so a lot of that is part of the show hallucinations but I was having a lot of hilarious moments as well. And I would be up for days and I would have these thoughts that would come to me and I would just write them down. I would just write them down. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I don't know where they, where they belong. And this has been years in the making. And that's the thing about, I think, solo shows in general is there's... And you must you must feel this. It's it's a very lonely process. I don't I, care. I hate. I, I hate don't the care process. who's involved. Like yeah. you got a director, fine. You got a music director, fine. Great. You got a a, frig- a festival behind you. Great. It is a hugely lonely process. Yeah. It feels the whole way through. You feel like you're alone. No one. Like you don't know how to look outside your own mind to hover over your own body in a a way and hover your own over your own craft and understand like what it means and i think all of that even even the idea of hovering above your own craft and i think all of that is involved in this show i think it reads like a very um i did have a reviewer come and she was like 
disjointed in the way that a dream might be, but connected in a way that uh, a nightmare can bring people together when you tell them. Oh, and I was Damn, like, that's a good I was like, mm-hmm. that reviewer got it. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna get a lot of mileage on that one. Yeah, I mean, because when you have a dream, you're like, have a dream. And then when you have a nightmare, you're like, and then this is what happened. And then that happened. And oh, my God. And they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Because, like, I had that happen, too. And, you know, it's relatable in so many ways. Like, you know, there's talk of, um, you know, I I'm, I take a lot of uh, pills to sleep. Um, and I think uh, medication and the industry that um, is behind the pharma situation in this country is incredibly <laughs> uh bleak and mm-hmm. uh, uh there's so much money in it and yeah. we're forced and then there's all these other opportunities to find a way out that we don't know about for sleep especially um there's a sleep hygiene thing there's cognitive behavioral therapy which sounds super boring but trust me i have a puppet that will tell you it is amazing (laughs) her name is greta and she's the sleep fairy my name is greta i'm the sleep fairy that's how she talks um you know that i i I actually uh modeled her after my friend that lives in uh, long island um Uh, She's got a very thick Long Island accent. Um, Yeah, there's a lot. There's a Brock the clock, the alarm clock. When, you know, you think, you know, how many times have you looked at the clock trying to sleep? 70 million Americans have trouble sleeping. It's not that they have all the time. They're not insomniacs. It's that they've struggled with it at one time or another. Everyone has that night or Mm. nights or months or years or whatever. Everyone's had trouble sleeping. You know, you... You have a big day the next day. You have a big appointment. You have, um, you drank too much the night before, so you only get two hours, and then you're up all night, and you're like, "Why did I drink so much?" You know, there's all these connections that are made in the the piece, and yes, yet it is quite disjointed in the sense that you're being taken quickly from one thought to the next. And I believe, in my opinion, humble as it may be, an uh, <laughs> elegant fashion. Yeah. An elegant fashion. So, you know, it's exciting, <clears throat> jolting. Um, uh, I think it will make people think deeper about, uh, you know, I have a friend who doesn't understand my sleep issues. I don't know. She's like, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I think after this, like someone might understand the depths of hell that yeah. someone who has trouble sleeping goes through. Yeah. And I also think they're going to be like wasn't that clock hilarious <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be both right it's going to be both things so and i'm glad and like and, and i think through the whole thing you're not going to know what to expect next and Good. why should you i don't want you to know what to expect next because why would you in a, in a dream state know what to expect exactly you know exactly. so is there going to be a, a parachute i don't know you know <laughs> so it's called sleep deprived Depraved. Depraved. Sleep depraved. Sleep it's depraved. at it's it's part of the Rob frigid... Paravonian actually named it. Do you guys know Rob Paravonian? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Who's that? Rob Paravonian is a, a com- uh, comedy musician. Um he does a show at QED. I should just throw it out there. Um and he I was looking for names and I had all these names, you know. Oh uh, god, I can go through them all. I mean I should have bounced some of mine off of you. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or um but he oh Craig had um what was his? Oh, I don't know. But anyway, he threw this Rob did at me and I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Cuz it makes me feel like this crazy person who has all these 
thoughts surrounding this idea of sleep and i've i've kind of overthought it at this point you know most my <laughs> husband he lays down and he goes to sleep and he's in the show through the whole show he's resting peacefully on the stage in the bed holy never moves for an hour oh He's amazing. His work is, he's like, that was his first review he ever got, was the review he, he got. He's like, that's my first review. I'm like, you shine, babe, you shine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is part of the Frigid Festival. Frigid Festival, uh, Out of the Horse Trade Theater Company. Correct, yes. It's under, it's at the theater under St. Mark's. It's actually not, because under oh, St. Mark's. Got condemned. Got condemned. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, they are having a structural emergency. I'm going to sure. say it like that. Um, they're rebuilding from the basic because uh, St. Mark's is the basement of this building. Mm-hmm. They're having to sort of restructure from the bottom. Right. Um, and so this was maybe five days before the sh- the festival opened. Oof. They s- they said, yeah, um, the, f- the theater is we're not going to be able to be in the theater. Not even. I think it was I- honestly, I think it was two days. And the community is such that everyone sprung into action in a way that, you know, I can get super jaded. I think we all can. Sure, and we're like, sure. oh, oh, you know. And it was a way that just, it, it really made me believe in this city again, even though I'm still going to leave you guys. I can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. everyone came together. Just so many shares, like theaters reaching out. Everyone, like we have 17 displaced shows, many of them from Canada, one from Venice, uh, San Francisco, Chicago. They're completely going to, they're flying in today and they have no space. Please wow. help us. And thank God, I-80 Theater, right across the street from the Crane Theater uh, on 4th Street, um, offered their space fully for every single show. What? And so it is almost a magic, more magical experience, except that I did write my show specifically for Under St. Mark's and the architecture that is there mm. as a love letter to that, because it's my 10th uh, year anniversary. Um, they offered their space. They said, come in. We'll still let the artists keep 100% of the door. Um which is amazing and unheard of. However, we do pay for the theater space, so you know, keeping one, you know, hundred percent of the doors means you know you still have to pay for the theater. But uh, it just is an incredible way to see what happens in New York when um, one of us is down. You right. know, we like not only the theater, but like how we pick each other up. You yeah. know, how we. Um, cradle each other when something isn't right or how we um you know spread the word about somebody who's ill or how we um raise money for a um festival that can't raise any money you know like whatever it is Mm. we're we're kind of there for each other and it really just reiterated all that for me in a way that like i haven't seen in a while so it was very uh, comforting yeah. Uh, and very <laughs> nerve wracking at the same time. So it's like, oh my God. And in the days leading up to us getting <clears throat> into I 80 Theater, I A T I is the name of the theater, um, I didn't know where I'd be doing my show. So I took the realm and I said, I'm going to do it in my apartment. And I have an apartment that is just big enough to do this. And I had been not only 
that I lived this experience in the apartment, but I rehearsed it in the apartment. So it was already kind of set up. <laughs> like I have a, like an inflatable bed yeah. and, you know, like I had, you know, the right, um, I have all my music equipment, which was a huge part of it. I do a lot of vocal looping and, you know, what I do it on is very important. People are like, you can just do it on a little mini speaker, can't you? And I'm like, not if it wants this, not if you want it to sound like it's not killing your ears. <laughs> um it was a very specific thing. So I happened to be able to have that. And I think people really responded to that, um, that it was inviting them into the space that it occurred. And yeah. That it and then also in your home, literally in my home yeah. and opened the space mm. and people came. It was like the 28, 29 people came. Um, Damn, it was packed. It was packed. <laughs> and, and then there was like a huge party afterwards and I don't really remember the rest, but, um, yeah, it was, an, it was a great way to soft open the show anyway. Right. And in a way that I don't think it could be experienced again, unless, you know, I'm going to become an apartment. Um, I, w- I actually am thinking about doing a salon, like an apartment salon. I've thought about salon. that too. Yeah. yeah. It just, I, my apartment just kind of lends itself to that. You know, it's open, it's lofty, it's, you know, what it is, what it is. But it was a great way to try out something like that. Very supported. Um, my director did all of the tech. I have a lot of tech. <laughs> I have a lot of tech in the show. Like, it's the kind of tech that, like, when you go into tech the show in a theater, the tech is like, wow, this is a lot of tech. <laughs> you know, in a three-hour tech, they're like, whoa. And she did it all on the fly that day and made it work. And I was so proud of everyone's work um, my friend Tuk Adelo is my stage hand I call her uh, she does all the bullshit you know that I <laughs> you know all the stuff like you know getting the parachute out and you know lighting all the candles or whatever it is at the moment she does it all and uh, my husband did all the video work which is a huge part of the show because I think in dreams the backdrop of the dream is quite uh sometimes quite something else or um very vivid um and even punches the idea home a lot more and he just killed it nice in every way and he sleeps through the whole thing (laughs) on the stage give me give me uh dates prices links where can they where can people find you um okay so please find me i'm on uh next friday at 10 30 p.m that is Friday the 1st, March 1st, 10.30 p.m. I'm uh, March 5th at 7.10. I am March 9th at 10.30 again. These late shows. I guess they're like sleep, you know. (laughs) Uh, And uh, my final show is my my birthday show. It's March 9th at 7.10 p.m. You can get tickets at horsetrade.info. If you want to take a little quick way around that, you can go to tinyurl slash sleepdepraved. Um, the tickets are fifteen dollars. Uh, if you have um, some kind of financial situation and you can't not pay fifteen dollars, I want you to come to see the show. I think it reaches a lot of things that people struggle with privately. You know, um, uh, you can reach me at Kelly at KellyBDwyer dot com. That's K E L L Y at K E L L Y. B D W Y E R dot com, and I am happy to discount your ticket. Um, it's at I eighty theater. Oh, and remember, I was like, I had the card. Now I don't have it. <laughs> I'm like, I've got the card. It's I I. Oh, oh good. Yeah, I A T I theater on Fourth Street. The actual address is 
at L64 East 4th Street, right across from the crane. If you want to see a bunch of shows, um, go on horsetrade.info. I totally recommend it. It's a festival. Like, go see 30 shows. Like, why not? Like, buy the festival <laughs> ticket. Like, hop back and forth between two theaters that are right across the street from each other. You can have a really interesting experience um, and see a lot of underground. This is uncensored, unjuried. Nobody's telling anybody what to say or do. Um, unlike, you know, things like the Fringe or whatever. It's it's select, selected. It's more of a, a lottery situation. And we get a lot of really crazy, weird shit going on that is very inviting, especially if you like to be surprised. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm really proud of it. I love you, Kelly Dwyer. I love you too, Nelson. <laughs> um, uh, Kelly, we would like to thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. For being me. our guest on the program this month. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And I honestly respect both of you immensely as artists. Uh, that, and as people, I guess. Well, I, that goes both ways. <laughs> I mean, I hear you, but really? I do. Listen, I do. And scene. Once again, we would like to thank Killy Mockstar Dwyer for being our guest on the program this month. Mockstar, more like rock star. Feel like we kind of already said that in the interview. (laughs) (laughs) But but you said it again, so (laughs) it needed to be said. If it 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 warrants repeating. In case you were taking a really big bite of a really crunchy sandwich (laughs) when I said it the first time, Lugo brought it back for you. But yes, uh, yes, yes. But she is uh, just Uh, wonderful and talented and amazing. And uh, please go to the show notes and hit up her links and go. Yeah, go. and and even if you don't live in New York, you should probably go buy a ticket to the show anyway. Yeah, you know, support the arts. That's yes. I'm it's only fifteen bucks. And throw a bunch of likes on the posts of the upcoming shows. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Go follow her on the social networks. So just be a fan in 2019. Yeah, is, be a fan. That's you, all. You know what you're doing. <laughs> you, you you put likes on things. Use the internet to find the art you want to be to be and see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we overexplained it again. <laughs> That's what we do. The Epic Podcast. Over explaining shit for eight years now? Um seven. Seven. It'll be seven this summer. Cheapers. Okay. <laughs> and we've got just sixty-six episodes. <laughs> seven years. <laughs> Shout out to the folks at nerdyshow.com for being very patient with our incredibly, <laughs> increasingly <laughs> irregular release schedule. Yes. Y'all are the best. You, 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 the real MVPs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what right. do you say? We, uh, yeah, we do the thing. We, 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 yeah. just, we do some plugs, and we yeah, get yeah. out of here. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and plug uh, my monthly absinthe tasting party, where you can uh, sip delicious absinthe cocktails or regular booze cocktails, if that's not your cup o gin um and watch live entertainment uh with live music and yours truly dj jalopy spinning them shellac uh wax uh digitally all night long excellent yeah all right buckle up because i got a bunch (laughs) well before you begin i do want to i do want to thank you because you sent me some uh 
what do they call those? DJ shout-outs? DJ call? What DJ they, drops. DJ drops. You recorded a few DJ drops for me. I did. And I premiered them at the last uh, uh, Green Fairy Speakeasy uh, absentee party. Uh-huh. And they were a huge hit. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all written in like old-timey, like 20s, yes. 30s slang. Yes. And you wrote them. And I, I just did, yes. delivered them in old-timey guy voice. Yes. I wondered if they're all legit. They are. They are. They are all legit sentences. Because I thought you might have just slipped some slang in there that you made up. No, and that I was saying some no, no, nonsense. No. Not. Not only is it all appropriate slang, it's all used in the right context. Well, I. I wouldn't doubt that. I know that yeah. you would. You would be committed to the bit. Right. <laughs> yes. I'll say that for you. You will commit to the bit. So, if you want to hear DJ Jalopy's uh, DJ drops, uh, then head on out to. The Red Room, which is the bar above KGB Bar, which is the bar above the uh, Horse Trade Theater. Uh, and it, it is the first Thursday of every month. What are you up to there, Busy Schaefer? Well, next month is March. That means I return to Austin for South by Southwest. I am doing three shows this year at South by Southwest. On Thursday, March 14th, you can catch me at Dive Bar for the annual uh, scratched Vinyl Hip Hop Showcase. I'll be kicking that thing off at noon. My plane lands at 11. <laughs> it's going to be a race against time. Or you, just rather through Austin. You, you couldn't get an earlier flight or maybe flying the, the night before? or uh, No. Okay. That's that's what I had to do and I like a challenge. <laughs> no, uh, no, you don't actually. That's I, I like challenges. Since when? Come see me at Dive Bar at the Scratched Vinyl Showcase on... Friday, March 15th. That's the following day. You can catch me at Nerdcore Days Showcase. That's Days with a Z. It's a show produced by uh, Austin-based DJ, DJ Rockman. And, oh, man, there's so many nerdcore acts on this show. It's insane. Lex the Lexicon Artist, uh, Gross Angel, Kadesh Flow, Creative Mind Frame, IQ, and more. Wowzers. It's it's, uh, It's a show basically all day. Wozers is what I'll say to that. Wozers. Excellent. And then on Saturday, March 16th, I will be on the official South by Southwest uh, Nerdcore Showcase at Flamingo Cantina. We are returning to uh, Flamingo where we'd had the showcase for a number of years before we moved to a venue that is now closed. So we're going back <laughs> to the Flamingo. All right. I love that place. So many great acts on that bill too. Crunkwitch, Michael Kill, Lexa Lexicon artist, MC Frontalot, uh, Shubzilla, there's, and, and, and many, many more. Uh, if I left out your name, I, it's just because I don't have the list in front of me. Right. But there'll be links. But yeah, so come see that. Awesome. Uh, on Tuesday, March 19th, uh, I will be in Brooklyn because there is going to be the premiere of a, of a documentary film about Longmont Potion Castle, this sort of genius prank phone caller who has incredibly prolific like tons and tons and tons of material that mc lars and i are both fans of um but there's this documentary being made or well it has been made but it's premiering in brooklyn at union pool oh and you're wait so you're you're the opening act of the i am not the opening act mc lars is hosting the show and then he's doing a set of songs and I'm doing a couple of songs with it. Ah, got, got it, got it, got it. Um, but this documentary, not only a documentary about Longmont Potion Castle, but it is directed by Rain Wilson. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So I'm hoping Rain Wilson is there. Yeah. Because I'm a big office fan. Why, why wouldn't Rain Wilson be there? I don't know. 
And then the last thing that I want to plug, and I this one's going a little bit beyond, but I need okay. to start plugging it yeah, because yeah, we yeah. have an irregular schedule. Who knows if we'll be back? <laughs> Who knows <laughs> if we'll be back? <laughs> um, <laughs> but on Saturday, April 6th, I will be at Drum in New York City for RHP's Tasselmania 3. Damn. Yes, this is the... The is Rabbit it, Hole Productions it, Burlesque Tribute to Wrestling. Yeah. It's basically a wrestling show. It has everything except right. the wrestling. There are <laughs> characters. There are rivalries. It's episodic. There are storylines. They cut promos in advance. There are belts. There's a ring. There are They have entrance <laughs> themes. There are heels. There uh, are faces. It's just instead of the wrestling part, uh, it's uh, competitive burlesque, which is uh, determined by audience applause. So. And this is, this is year three. Year three, yeah. Uh, this might actually be the year I see it. This is going to be the <laughs> biggest one yet. We have there's some there are some big stories going into Castlemania okay. this year. All right, and also this happens during WrestleMania weekend because Ooh. WrestleMania is in New Jersey this year, uh-huh. which means WrestleCon is in Manhattan. Right. Um, NXT TakeOver, SmackDown, and Raw are all going to be in, at Barclays in Brooklyn. Wow. And then, of course, WrestleMania is going to be... And in New Jersey. Yeah, in New Jersey. Wow. Uh, are you going I'm, this year again? I'm going to... <gasps> oh, I've never been to WrestleMania. Oh, okay. I've you, been to SmackDown and Raw a couple times. I've never been to a pay-per-view, and I've definitely never been to WrestleMania. Right. This right, is right, my right. first year, and I'm really psyched. Oh, so you are going this year? I am, yeah. <gasps> nice! Yeah. Going with... Uh, with our friends Bunny Buxom, Vince Vandal, and Sean Holloway. What? Again? Mm. Damn. Well, I'm, we're the I, same crew that went to the 25th anniversary I of don't, Raw. I, my, my invitation must have gotten lost in the internet tubes. Who is currently the SmackDown champion? Um, Jinder Mahal! Oh, you're still hanging on to that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Tasselmania is a drum. Um, visit rhptasselmania.com for details. It's going to be a great show. Awesome. All right. That's it. Awesome. Well, uh, this has been a fantastic episode. Let's let's get out of here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Epic Podcast, episode number 66. Thank you so much for tuning in, and hopefully we'll be back next month. But who knows? Until then, be safe, Internets. Oh, and congratulations again on getting married. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Epic Piecast. We'd love to listen to you, too. So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or subscribe via Spotify or Stitcher. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Podcast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You don't know me. You, you don't know me. You don't know me. I don't know me. Oh, wait. <laughs> I got too real. Chest forward, chest forward, chest forward. Heart open, heart <sighs> open, heart open. Man, I know so many people who are performers who understand how to use their bodies and voices. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not that great Well, And then this shoulder, and then we'll talk. What you do you about the heart open, and he does vocal exercises like, and don't? Nee, nee, nee. What? Oh, right. Yeah. You're right. This is gold. This is gold. We just recorded our, our stinger. That's it. <laughs> and Kelly, you're wrapped. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 